Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, on camera control. We're broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan. That's where the Adafruit factory is, where we do our manufacturing and kitting and chipping and coding and more. Got an exciting one-hour show for you tonight. Mr. Lady Ada, tell them what's on tonight's show. Uh, tonight's show, the code is Capwing, 10% off an Adafruit store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. You lose it, anything in stock, use it just to get 10% off. Of your purchase, you also get free stuff. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Talk about some of our live shows, some of the stuff we've been up to. Show and tell just happened. We have a recap from Desk of Lady Ada, including Great Search. Uh, we also have some time travel. We're going to talk about some return of Adabox. Some of you have got your Adaboxes. We've flipped the switch. We'll be emailing folks. It's happening. The part shortage is pretty much over, so we're almost there. Do from the mailbag, have a funny one this week. Do some factory footage, some 3D printing. We got some Ion MPI brought to you by DigiKey. This week it is from ST. Some top secret, a bunch of that. Some new products. We'll answer your questions. We do that over in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Go over there, ask your questions. And we save them throughout the show, but you can also just wait to the end. All that and more on You Asked It. You asked it. <laughs> you asked for it. Ask an engineer. Okay. Cool. All right. So let's go over the uh, free stuff, Lady Ada. Mm -hmm. still have free when they use the code. When you purchase from Adafruit, uh, you can also get the new code for 10% off. $99 or more, we get a free coaster made of a beautiful black PCB material with a gold Adafruit logo. and comes with four bumpers to protect your desk. Good for hot or cold drinks. At 149 or more, we have a free KB2040. This is a Pro Micro Pinout microcontroller board featuring the RP2040 chip with eight megabytes of flash memory, systemic UT connector, NeoPixel buttons. Uh, it's great for making keyboards, but it's also great for general purpose microcontrolling. Uh, runs a whole bunch of different uh, languages. Free shipping at 199 or more UPS ground. And at 299 or more, we still have free Circuit Playground Express. Our favorite all-in-one dev board for learning electronics okay uh let's just do some logistic-y things for folks um let me find our shipping alert so if you place your orders um friday after like 11 um the first business day after that is tuesday because it is martin luther king jr day this is a paid day off for our team in addition to things like paid time off for charity um, we're really into days of service. This is an official Adafruit holiday, so um, do check out our shipping pages here. Um, it is a holiday, so that means if you place an order on something on Monday, the first business day will be Tuesday. So please keep that in mind when you place your orders. That just means order early. And then um, if you place your order that's expedited, just make sure you pay attention to all the notices on the site and more. And also, um, there's weather um had to deal with uh yeah i had to deal with some things um sometimes folks order stuff and they blame us for the weather not a lot we can do um there's there's weather around the country um it happens um so just build in some time um for when you place an order especially in the winter well. yeah there's 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 weather um okay for our live shows that we do we just finished up show and tell. Thanks so much, JP, for hosting this week. We're going to be watching this shortly. Um, we didn't get a chance to see it because we we're wrapping up the show. Um, we do Desk of Lady Ada on Sundays. It's in two parts. Lady Ada, what was part one this week? 
Um, this week I talked about some big revisions I'm doing, trying to finish up as many of those um, designs that have been out of stock because of part shortages. So the Clue and the Feather Sense are two boards. We were missing a bunch of sensors. We got them in. We're ready to revise. We'll get those back in the store. It'll be awesome because I know there's a lot of people waiting for those two boards. Also showed off a high voltage UPDI programmer and I think a CAN BFF board that I'm working on. Okay. Um, we also do Discolay data. That's segment where uh, on Discovery data, we have the great search, I should say. And on the great search, there is lay data showing you how to find things on digikey.com. What did you try to find this week? Okay, this week, uh, I was talking about how in the feather sense and the clue, the six DOF sensor accelerometer gyroscope, uh, which we used to use the LSM6DS33 is fully discontinued. Uh, so let's try to find a replacement. And there are lots available. They're all in stock at Digikey. Uh, so let's find a replacement sensor. Um, there wasn't one that was pin compatible, but there was one that was a kind of functionally compatible and firmware compatible. And uh, a lot of options. Then I showed how to check out the ST site to find the difference between all the sensors available. And then we picked one. Okay. I'm going to skip product pick of the week. You can watch it on YouTube or just watch JP's show every Thursday. JP's workshop. We got a bunch we're going to go over tonight. Um, deep dive on Fridays with Tim, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Let's do Clinical some time travel. So the more um, for everyone. So we have our return of the Adabox information up on adabox.com, which is also adafruit.com slash adabox. And on adabox.com, um, you can see that we were updating December 19th. We had our first batch of folks so we will be reaching out to customers when it's time to update your payment information if it doesn't go through or when your address needs to be changed we ship beta boxes when we are like here we go so no other update other than we did it we've got the parts we're doing a bunch of testing um we have more things that we need to just get in boxes and get out to everyone so the plan is just to resume beta box shipping as fast and as uh, thoroughly and as precisely as we can and uh, congrats to the folks who've got them so far. We started with uh, some of the earlier customers that have been with us from the very start. So do um, look for your email about Adabox if you're a subscriber. And um, if you want to get ahead of stuff, just log into your account. Make sure your payment information is updated and your shipping address is correct. Um, in other news, um, we have this on our website. If anyone's interested in our about section, um, it's a really difficult process that um i'll be straight up um there's really no benefit of being a woman-owned uh certified business there's not there's not um so we did this i guess the benefit is we're showing that it can be done because there really isn't any woman-owned manufacturing companies what happens is um people on the internet will assume that we get something special for it we don't if anything we get crummy emails from people saying why are women doing this I get them. My inbox. Um, we try to <laughs> not have Lamore get these emails, but um, we're certified in two different ways. So you can check out our website. It's a uh, certified minority-owned business, and it's also a women-owned business. And I think we're the only one doing certified woman-owned business enterprise that's doing electronics. So the reason, and um, if anyone were to ask me, is this worth doing it? The answer is no. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that we had to do and uh, it took forever and it's a long process and you just get ridiculed from people on the internet. Um, so the answer is no. Then what do you really think? <laughs> the answer is no. 
Um, it's not worth it, but there's a lot of things that aren't worth it in life. Um, I think that this, the, the, you have to find the reason for yourself to do it. And I think for us, um, we can say to anyone that, hey, this is possible. And here's something that if, um, yeah, you're not an alien, you're definitely a human. If Lamore can do it, other people can come along and this is not impossible. It is possible to do. What's the alien part have to do? Well, because I think sometimes it's like, oh, no one could have built a pyramid. It's like, no, no humans okay. did. You know, humans did. I didn't I didn't get that connection. That's all. Yeah, humans did. We're we're actually pretty good. Um we have a lot of time, yeah. We're actually we're actually pretty good at, at stuff sometimes. Um there are, you know, there's a lot of problems with how you build things. Uh sometimes. Um but humans did do it. Um a lot of challenges um but we we can do stuff um so that's the reason so hopefully this will inspire someone to do it i mean like it's just a, it's a different time too um, just be aware there's no like tax right yeah there was no there's no upsides in fact like i said I, it's a lot of it's a lot of time yeah and there's people that like today i was deleting comments off of our um whatever one of where we post photos it's like why is this woman holding electronics in her hand it's like okay dude so you know there's across the road i don't know yeah i don't think it was a riddle um so it's a melee All right, mailbag this week i thought this was funny i'm trying to bring back mailbag um because we just got through um more of the part shortage and um we post up some more revisions and uh, this is a funny one Andrew, with those constant supply chain difficulties, how often do you have seriously consider running to the nearest mountain to start raising alpacas or something? You know, here's the thing. There's probably a limited supply of alpacas. I know. They're doing, they're doing like, there's probably other, they're like, we can't get alfalfa for them, and yeah. the cones are unavailable, and alfalfa, you know, alpaca feed. I don't yeah. know. So, um, no, I think the, um, the thing is, just like everything else, um, it just has to be... Um, worth it so if anyone said should you run an electronics business i'd say no um should you try to navigate a global supply chain that's you know still kind of fractured no but then you can say that about anything it's like you know should i go work at a bank no I wonder if, like, <laughs> should i go people who built the pyramids did they have like rock shortage so like oh well you know you'd go somewhere else and it was um I don't think a lot of people were building and wanted to build them. Yeah. Um, they're forced to do it. So, you know, there's a lot of there. So you could find a reason not to want to do something at all times. So we didn't really think about alpacas um, at all. But if you think about it, there's been some type of uh, part shortage in some way uh, for everyone. Um, you know, if you did consumer electronics in some way, you know, there was a PlayStation shortage. Um, we there's medication shortages. There's medication shortages. So there's overabundance for some things, and then there's, you know, scarcity for other things. We have a corn syrup shortage. Plenty of that. Yeah, Lots of cheese. cheese. Um, so there's things that, uh, but, you know, again, like, do you want to do that for a living? So, um, no, we haven't thought about going and uh, raising alpacas. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I'm, it is nice when people understand what's going on, um, especially in this industry, because I think that... Um, a lot of us know. Okay, Susan Python on her work. Okay, this week in Python on hardware news, um, you can check out the patch release for MicroPython. Um, we're a sponsor and supporter of MicroPython. 
Um, we have a neat article that Ann put in there. It's a uh, Cray supercomputer comparison against the modern Raspberry Pi. Um, how does it compare? We have, you know, if people want to build retro computers, we have a cool thinking machine yeah. build that uses the Raspberry Pi as the brain. So 1978, the Cray supercomputer cost $7 million and it weighed 10,000 pounds. And it was the fastest computer in the world. And now Raspberry Pi computer is about 70 bucks. And, um, you know, according to this article and more, I mean, there's, there's specifics that you have to look into, but it's about 4.5 times faster than the Cray one, which is kind of cool. Um, a little bit of recap from our, um, you know, pseudo editorial, um, where we talk about Arduino and, uh, manufacturing and counterfeits and clones and all those things. Uh, interesting discussion. If you want to tune into it, it's from last week's show. And then, um, more Python on hardware. There's Python on kids. You can look at the use of Python inside of Google Sheets. You can look at what the most popular programming languages are. This um, is cool is how old they are. So assembly is 77 years old. Yeah. Fortran is 70. So it's like, it's interesting. It's like Fortran, like, which is still used by some people, is like ancient. Yeah. Like it really is. Um, and uh, a little bit of a recap of our shows and more. Lots of stuff in the playground. You can see your projects or others. Uh, in the playground we'll talk about that with learn and uh all together a giant newsletter i did want to talk about one thing which is it is 2024 um where we're putting up the new graphics soon this but this is the start um for circuit python for every single year we have a uh, post about um circuit python so let me find the um i think i have it up here yeah I didn't pull all the post up here. That's okay. Um, you can go to our blog and we'll also get the word out more and just search on any search engine and search for CircuitPython 2024. And you can see our post about this. What type of things do you want to see in CircuitPython in 2024? What things do you want us to work on? Um, what things do you want to see updated or changed? Um, you know, my big thing is now that we have an open source Python powered camera, I really want to see like maybe more stuff that we can do to expand that. So that's my, yeah. I'll, I'll write that up more later, but now's your chance, everyone to, um, do, uh, your part, which is, um, ask away. Tell us. Um, yeah, we're, we're, uh, nine versions in, uh, we'll talk about, we have the, the coming soon poster. Um, we have the circuit Python poster that we'll Very be, cool. yeah, that we'll be putting in, um, store soon. So we have nine versions and we'll probably have, you know, 90 more um 90 plus more uh depends on how long we want to you can't wait till circuit python is 70 years old yeah 70 years old um and uh it's your chance yep. so check out the blog post we'll uh get the word out more scott's out there's a family thing that came up so we'll um make some noise about it you know even more you have plenty of time but do check it out this is all delivered to your inbox every single week spam free adafruitdaily.com we do not spam you we do not want this part of your customer experience so this is why it's a separate website and it's a need for daily okay let's do some open source hardware news and also some open source hardware projects products designs and more um you may remember this you did a um video and you're still crediting when you use ChatGPT with code yes so um we did this video and then we did an article yeah. yeah and then we uh we tried to get the word out and i contacted um all the open source organizations that you probably all know and i said hey take a look at what we're up to 
and no one got back to us. And the reason we, <laughs> I don't know, um, the reason we we asked about it is we said, hey, like we're actually crediting using these tools. What do you think, open source organization? And uh, whatever. Um, so we were trying to figure out like what are folks going to do out there. And there's a couple um, open hardware companies uh, that are certifying hundreds of designs over the years. One is Adafruit, another one is SparkFun. And I saw that SparkFun had their uh, 20th uh, anniversary video and Nate, the former CEO and founder, posted up a video. I was watching and I was like, oh, cool, let me tune in to see what um, Nate's thinking about. And our companies used to do stuff when it was like smaller um, and like we were all hanging out together. That's just like now 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, so we don't get a chance to talk to everyone. And I also think just the nature of things, um, companies are more competitors now. I don't see it that way, but I understand um, there is, you know, competitive advantages for companies not to talk. I, I think everyone should talk, but we don't really have a forum or a place where people talk about like, hey, here's what's important for open source hardware anymore. This doesn't happen. It's very different. Um, lots of reasons for that. Um, so I'm like, well, that's not the way I roll. So I posted up in the open hardware forums, and I'll show that off in a second, and basically saying the same thing. I'm like, hey, is this interesting to anyone? And then as I was doing this, um, SparkFun had a video where they're talking about like, hey, happy 20 years. What's the next big thing? And so here's a clip um, from it, because I thought it was interesting that SparkFun is talking about AI for, hard for open source software and hardware. So here it is. So the advent of name your AI is going to write the code for you. The, some, something else is going to design the board for you. Now we are just going to say intentions and something will be created. I need a thing that does X with these other things. And um, rather than hammering on that for years, it will be created in weeks. And I, I'm very excited about that. I think that's really good. Um, SparkFun can play a part in that and it'll make my job easier. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited about the future. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to build new fun stuff inside of it. Okay, so here's the Oshawa forums where I posted up, like, here's what we're up to. Um, here's our, um, we have our, trying to find our uh, article here. Um, you can go to the, the article on our website if you want. Yeah. Um, and you can see what we put together, the links, the code. Um, Lamar links to the actual chat session. Um, like I said, I reached out to OSI and Oshawa. Um, didn't hear back. I have it in Discord. I put this in the um, Oshawa forum. So if y'all have opinions and weigh in, basically what we're suggesting um, by example is if you use these tools, um, credit them. So I'm curious how SparkFun's going to do it, or Arduino, or Pimeroni, or anyone who does this. There, you know. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious how they're going to do it because we we went ahead and just said, well, we're it was trained on Lamore's code for sure, so we're going to link to the chat session where Lamore's interacting essentially with her own code, and then we're going to put that as a credit in the readme file that says this was you know made in collaboration with mm -hmm. and then link to the model the date and then a link to the actual chat session so you know more on the radical transparency side but this is the first time that i've seen someone publicly talk about using ai and you know there was the arduino id uh, screenshots of it and then also talking about hardware how do you credit hardware if you're using this ai tool so we have our 
our standard, which is if we use any of these tools, we disclose it, we link to the model, the date, and then we also, um, ChatGPT has the log, the actual chat session you can link to. And so we did that. Now, you know, the other side of this pendulum is there's um, people that are like, well, don't use these tools. They're the worst thing ever. Um, everything sucks. Terminator is going to take over the world. Um, that's not realistic. I mean, people are going to use these tools. In fact, the, the more honest one I got, the feedback that I saw was, well, don't tell anyone you use these. And I don't think that's, at least they were honest, well, sort of um, honest about it, which is like, well, don't tell anybody to use these tools because that's what's happening right now. I know developers are using Copilot and yeah. in, in VS Code, and I've used Copilot in VS Code, and I know people aren't crediting Copilot. Yeah, like, I think it's, it's more of an ego thing where it's like, yeah, like we use these, or, you know, someone might be uh, public about their disdain for, you know, AI-generated images, but that's separate from a language model trained on, like, for example, your GitHub repositories that you're using to generate code. Um, I think this is an interesting topic. I think this would be a great topic for the Open Hardware Summit. I just don't think that there's an appetite for it because I think this blends into the, like, oh, well, there's competing companies using these things and no one wants to talk about how they're doing it and what they're doing it. So instead of just, like, talking, we actually showed what we did made a video, linked to the chats, and then put this out there. And I emailed all the organizations and it's like, here it is. And so that's pretty much it. Um, I'm, you know, here you go, everybody comment, talk about it. I think later on, um, there'll be more interest in this when, when someone has to decide. The question about open source hardware and software is if you're publishing designs, but then you change your mind to make it closed source, but use these tools, you require someone to sign an NDA, or you decide to do something like, well, parts of things are open source, but you're using these tools and it was trained on open source. I feel like you're going to have to decide what you want to do eventually. Yeah. Um, so that's our like, hey, here's what we're doing. We think this is a good idea, but maybe someone else has direction. Um, it's an interesting future. Yeah. I don't think it's going away. So the question is, how is it going to how are we going to adapt to? Uh, yeah, I think just do documenting it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's do um, the guides of the week. Yeah, I only have one. Yeah, so let's go to that now. So we do a bunch of open source hardware, Lydia. Yes. Yeah. Um, what you got going on? Okay. With the big board this week? Actually, um, a couple guides. So we've got the three D printed uh, camera case from Memento. That's from Known Pedro. Uh, and then we've added a bunch of updated pages to the Memento camera board, including a page on how to make animated GIFs. Um, so the camera itself can um, take photos and then turn them into um, GIFs and then like the GIF format and then stack them together to make an animation. Um, and so JP wrote a nice page uh, showing you how you can set up the camera's uh, default camera program into GIF mode. Okay. And then, of course, we have Playground. You can check out Playground. There is a bunch of guides. This is from you, the community out there. This is our ad-free, anyone can view uh, without having a, a login, your guides that you publish. And it's all the things that you can make and build. So some of the people from the community here, some of the folks are here from um, the chats. Say hi. Thanks, folks. And uh, do check it out. Let's go and do some hardware videos.
And that's some factory footage for the week. Let's do some 3D printing. We're going to play these back to back. We've got a camera case for the Memento, and then we got a cool speed up, take it away, no major. You can 3D print your own SnapFit enclosure for the Memento, Adafruit's all-in-one camera dev board for creating your own fully customizable digital camera. The Memento features an ESP32-S3 chip, a 240x240 color TFT display, microphone, speaker buzzer, and six user buttons. On the flip side, it's got an OV5640 5-megapixel camera module, an SD card slot, accelerometer, LiPo battery charging over USB-C, and three expansion ports for additional sensors and modules. It comes preloaded with software demos. Here we have an onion skinning feature for making time lapses, and you can switch between colored filters with the user buttons. Press the shutter button to snap a picture in your preferred resolution of choice. You can 3D print our SnapFit enclosure designs in your favorite colored filament to keep it protected. Attach a lanyard to the stylized loops for on-the-go wearability, or add a threaded tripod screw for those lockdown shots. The Momento features native support in CircuitPython with the Pi Camera library. You can download and install the latest version of CircuitPython. With the built-in tiny USB bootloader, the board loads like a USB storage device, so you can drag and drop a UF2 file, making flashing new firmware nice and easy. Get the memento and accessories from the Adafruit shop. Links are in the description. The 3D printed case has two parts that snap fit together. Start by connecting the battery and place it on the battery outline on the front of the memento. Place the board into the back half of the enclosure with the display and buttons fitting into the cutouts. Then place the front half over and press them together to snap fit them shut. You can install a threaded tripod screw adapter to the bottom of the case using a flat wide tool. We hope this inspires you to check out the Adafruit Memento for making your own camera-based projects. Okay, don't forget 3D printing every single week on Wednesday so you can learn how to make this and more on 3D Hangouts. Let's jump over to INPI, but first, don't forget to go to Capwing. All this free stuff could be yours. Let's kick it off. Hi, on NPI.
I am a prayer brought to you by DigiKey. This week it's ST. Lady Ada, what is the new product introduction of the week this week? Okay, I'm glad you asked. This week from ST, we've got this awesome battery monitoring system based on the the part number it's the l9963e which is the new generation of their more popular l9963 battery monitor and balancer and this is an automotive grade battery pack management system and um you know i don't know how many people who are watching the show are creating their own cars but there's definitely people who are doing e-scooter projects or go-karts or micro mobility or they're working on uh hacking or modding um you know wheelchairs or other um, devices that use big battery packs. And so um, having a really good quality battery management system, something that normally would be only sold directly to automotive companies, you can now get it from DigiKey. So um, this is the chip, uh, the L9963E, um, but we're also gonna be talking about the eval board because the eval board makes it a lot easier to use this chip because there's a lot of pins and a lot of components that you need. So first up, um, you know, the battery in the car that you have, if you have an internal combustion engine, is just something that drives like the stereo and the headlights and, um, you know, the blinkers and stuff. It isn't something that actually runs the car itself. And these batteries are, you know, basically usually 12 volts lead acid batteries. They're big, they're heavy, they last, you know, like a decade almost. Um, they have big lugs and they provide, um, you know, just the positive and negative terminals um, that you connect to your battery, your internal combustion engine charges the battery and then you know that's why if you let it sit and it eventually self-discharges you need uh something somebody to give you a jump to get started um but if you have an electric vehicle um there is no internal combustion engine because instead you have this gigantic battery pack and the battery pack is what drives the uh motors that are connected to the wheels there's no engine there's an electric motor instead and you can't use a lead acid battery because it would be way, way, way too heavy and it's not energy dense enough. Instead, you're gonna use um, lithium ion battery cells, uh, much like this. This is kind of a standard 18650 cell. This one has like a blue plastic coating and a cable connected to it because we stock it. Um, and then, you know, these, this is a kind of a standard size, um, often made by companies like Panasonic and, and Sony. Uh, in fact, when we um, we went with DigiKey to visit Panasonic, they're like, yeah, you know, a huge amount of our business is selling electric vehicle batteries. And you can put these in packs. In this case, this is a parallel pack where you have three cells and you can kind of see the three cells parallel connected uh, to give you larger capacity, but the same voltage. And in an EV, you're going to have strings of batteries that are then parallelized. So you put, you know, a bunch of cells one after the other to give you about like 48 volts, although that number may vary. And then those strings are parallelized to give you a lot of current. And then the battery packs are just like enormous. Um, the thing to deal with with these batteries is, you know, first off, the energy density is very, very high. And so you have to safely charge them and discharge them. And you also have to manage the battery life. Um, you know, the batteries are, when they're fresh, they have a huge amount of capacity and then they slowly have less and less capacity. But ironically, you don't want people to think that you have more capacity than you've got. Like you want to kind of have the capacity be like some standardized. You also don't want to overcharge the battery. And so as I was reading about this, I learned like, oh, you actually like charge the battery a different way based on the aging of it. Um, and that's one of the things that a battery management system will help you with. Um, 
So uh, the most important thing is to manage the current going in, current going out, and the voltage across each cell. Unlike the lead-acid batteries that are used in internal combustion engines, you have to monitor individual cells because you want to make sure that they, you know, there isn't one battery that is charged or discharged at a different rate. And as the batteries age, I mean, when they're first made, the packs, they try to um, test each cell and ma match them all up. But just over time, temperature, you know, variations, uh, each individual cell, the one of the thousands in a battery pack, is going to act a little bit differently. And so to do that, to, to manage safely having a battery pack, you have to make sure that each one doesn't get overcharged. Um, and so you have to uh, balance them to make sure they all have the exact same state of charge and same voltage across them. So, uh, you know, this is like a diagram from the um, presentation that ST has. Um, you can see as the uh, batteries get discharged and the cycles keep going, the more they're disbalanced, the more the capacity is affected. So you really want to make sure like you don't overcharge the good batteries, you don't undercharge the bad batteries. And to do that, we have a passive charge uh, discharging balancing system. Uh, so it's active and passive. Active is a lot more expensive. Passive basically just means that when it's charging, a little bit of current is drawn off of the charge rate. And um, that makes it so when you monitor the battery, just making sure that as it gets close to the 4.2 or 4.4 volts, uh, you know, the high voltage for the constant, uh, constant current you know, max charge voltage, um, you might activate one of these internal FETs that will drain off current um, and slow down the charge rate of the really good battery so it matches the worst battery. So basically this means that when you're charging, the charge rate is going to be as slow as the worst battery in the pack, but in the end you get like a perfectly balanced uh, cell and it, you have better battery life overall at the cost of slightly longer charging. Um, Chip is kind of complicated. You know, I didn't read every register. Basically, you um, need to connect to every individual cell. So on the left-hand side, there's all these like internal FETs and connections, and you need a bunch of passes to sort of carefully monitor each battery cell. Um, there's also a bunch of temperature monitors you can connect, which is important. You want to make sure that when you're charging, uh, you monitor every other battery or cell. So you, you don't overcharge based on if it's too cold or too hot, you have to change the charge rate. And then um, you can see like it's it's pretty pretty complicated board. Just why I actually recommend the eval board because for like forty bucks or so you get everything and it's ready to go. Another thing that's interesting, oh, this one is yes, yeah, shows the eval about eval board. So at the bottom there's a port you can connect uh, to up to fourteen in. They're parallelized here, but they should be serialized. And the isolated communication is interesting. So you know obviously you've got this very high voltage battery monitoring system, and you want to make sure that you charge the battery safely, but also you want to make sure that that 48 plus volts doesn't feed back by accident into your low voltage electronics. And also, you know, there's a lot of current moving around, a lot of EMI. To make sure that the battery protect the battery management system is protected um, from itself and your microcontroller is protected from it, it uses this isolated SPI interface. And so what you see USB ports up there, they're not truly USB. It's a USB mechanical connection, but it re really is using a differential isolated communication protocol um, that uses SPI over this differential set. And there's a separate board that you'll have to get to use this eval board that will con convert your standard four-wire SPI into the ISO SPI, just FYI. Um, and this just shows the um, interface. Uh, so yeah, you have um, 
fully isolated communication between each board and they can be daisy chained. So if you have multiple battery packs, you just chain them together over this four wire uh, isolated interface um, and you can address each one. We did find a library. The chip is fairly complicated, um, but we found that there's a cool student um, electric vehicle group that published a library on GitHub for STM32 chips. Um, so check it out if you want to get started with this uh, chip in this board. Again, I recommend getting the eval board, um, but you can quickly query it, ask it about like the state of charge, tell it how much you want to um, balance or debalance. Um, everything is like CRC and um, you know, isolated and protected. So it's like, a, again, it's an automotive grade solution, but you can use it for making your e-scooter. Available at DigiKey. It's in stock. Yep. So that means you can buy it. You can actually buy it. All right. That is this week's on MPI. Hi, on MPI. Alrighty, no good code is Kepling. We're gonna to try to get in here right at nine o'clock on the dot. So in order to do that, we're gonna just go right to new products with data. Okay, first up, the coming soon. This is our circuit python nine poster. We have a new poster vendor. Um we were using a poster company and they didn't like that we weren't using them for every single one of our packaging needs and goods and told us to buzz off. So it took, us a, it took me a while to find another poster vendor. So we should have these in stock soon. Well, um, Art by Bruce. Yeah. So, so. You know, you can connect HID devices and displays and we've got USB host. Um, so some cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. Mix. Next up. Next up, we've got a whole uh, gaggle. A bunch of these. Power supplies, different uh, configurations. The reason I like these power supplies, like we, we already stocked five volt, uh, five amp power supplies from the Raspberry Pi Foundation and three amp for their Pi fours and Pi fives. They don't have this cool switch built in and the switch was kind of like, not only is it a switching power supply, but it's a switchable switching power supply. So these are all five volt output and some are three amps and some yeah. are four amps. The four amp one is gonna be a little bit more expensive. It's also a little bit bigger. Um, but these are great for use with your Raspberry Pi 4, which has a USB-C connector. You could also use them with the Pi 5. Um, the 3 or 4 amp one will work just fine. Um, I'll say if you're using like all of the possible ports and they're one amp each and you've got like multiple displays and, and um, disk drives connected over USB, you might need 5 amps. But like 95% of people do not need a full 5 volt 5 amp power supply. 3 amp or 4 amp will be fine. Um, and again, that switch is pretty cool because you can now like really cut power to your entire setup. Does the switch cut the mains? Um, well, there's no mains power. The mains power is is in the transformer and in, in the brick. And then the switch is for the five volts that comes out of the USB port. Yeah, a switch for that would be like on the block. Yeah, that'd be on the block. This, I mean, the but it's a switching power supply. If there's no load, it's not going to use any current. So it's not like old style um where you know the current would still be going through a transformer there's no it, it's it's smart so it's not going to be drawing power even um even if your power the switch is turned off on the five volt side okay cool yeah and make sure you look at the product page documentation yes there's a couple ones there's like a vertical style a horizontal yeah. style and a high volt a high current this is four amp and those are three amp okay next up next up uh by request from jp we have these silicone coated wires 
in different colors. We've got like the pack of like red, black, you know, orange, green, blue, or whatever. But he's like, or white. And he's like, I want more cool colors. So this is extension cables, about six inches long. Um, and they come in a, in a bunch of different colors. You get 30. So I think it's like five wires in six different colors. Okay. And then the start of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our customers, our entire team at Adafruit that makes things go, and all the folks that are totally into sharing and making the world a better place through science, technology, and engineering, and more. That's what the M in STEM stands for. More. More. Uh, this is a new featherway um, by request, but also I thought it would be a fun build. It's a capacitive touch 3.5 inch diagonal feather wing with lots of pixels. This is basically the biggest display you can get with the SPI interface. Um, I misspelled capacitive somehow. I think I was working on this really late at night. Uh, we'll fix that in post um, next board. But you know, you could order now and get the version with the typo <laughs> and it might be worth more in the future. Like a miss strike on a, on a stamp. Uh, so it's a feather wing, which means you can plug a feather into it. So let's go to the overhead. I'll show a demo. So this is my prototype, so it's green, and also has the typo. I didn't catch it in the beginning. Um, but otherwise, it's the same hardware, and you can plug in any feather into it. I will say that the best feathers to use, because it is a big display, are ones that have a fast SPI port. So the RP2040, the ESP32, the M4s. You could use this with the 8266 and the M0s and the 328 and the 324, but it's going to be a little tougher. Um, you're not going to get as high speeds. It's going to be slower updates. Um, definitely the ESP32s are going to be fast. Every 2040 is not too bad either. Uh, so you plug in the feather, you get a STEM IQT port, um, this nice on-off switch. You can see that the backlight just turned on, turned back off. Backlight driver, and then um, it communicates over I2C for the touchscreen and SPI for um, the uh, display itself. Turn this so you can see Adabot and all his glory um so this is the display and it's uh displaying over the micro sd card so there's a micro sd card slot over here and the capacitive touch is multi-touch so there's five uh touch points available so you can see as i put four fingers on it can track each point individually um i guess i can use five fingers but that's kind of clumsy if you use your thumb um uh, so you can have an irq line on the uh, capacitive touch to make it pretty fast um, it uses the ft5336 and then the display itself is an hx uh 53790d I, I can never remember the numbers but it starts with hx and we've got um drivers for that uh for arduino and circuit python and that's our new product thank and you with that is the new products of the week Okie dokie. So we're going to answer questions. You can do that. Um, you can put your questions on Discord. I already have some lined up, but we're going to do some top secret while you put your questions there. And then we'll see you in the chat and read these off. All right. So first up for top secret, we're going to play video and then we're going to go through a bunch of new designs. Take it away past you. All right, Lady, what is this? Oh, so we've been doing revisions for various boards and stuff. But one of the other things I've been doing is revising the tester procedures. So historically, for stuff like the Feather ESP8266 uh, and the ESP32 Feathers, 
Because they have a USB serial converter, I've had to use a Raspberry Pi computer to do the testing. And so the Raspberry Pi would connect over USB and programming using ESP tool. But now that we have um, USB CDC support natively in Teeny USB, I'm using a Pico through BitBang USB, which can actually do the programming for an ESP8266 or 32 via a USB CDC device, which is actually kind of cool. There's like four layers of, of coding that needs to be done. Um, but what's nice is that um, there's no Linux involved. It's super fast. It's super compact. Um, no SD cards or anything. So uh, we're going to be updating all of our testers to hopefully get all of them converted over to be Picoified, as I put it. OK, and then we have some boards that we were, we were posting these around. I might This might be a repeat, but there were so many revisions going on. Um, it's nonstop. You know. This is the Clue revision. Um, so like I said, these, these revisions are coming soon. The Clue and the Feather Sense, um, I needed to get a replacement for the 6DOF sensor. Um, we covered in the uh, Great Search. I found some good alternatives. Uh, it's just a rendering showing the board. Otherwise, every other sensor I was able to get again, every other component. So um, should work pretty well with existing projects. You all have to do is update the driver for the accelerometer gyro. What's this? Um, this is, oh, this is the uh, AD7785. Uh, this is an HDMI to TTL converter. I have to get back to this. We started this uh, over like holiday break. Um, this is the board to replace the TFP401. Um, it's an HDMI to TTL converter, um, so you can take HDMI signals and, and uh, display it on our cool like square displays. It also has I2S output. And you also got this going on. Uh, this is the feather sense. So like the clue, I had to replace the six off sensor, um, but this will be implemented soon. We're going to get these back in stock, which I know people were waiting for. Awesome. Uh, this is the high voltage UPDI programmer. So as I'm working on AT tiny based boards, uh, once in a while, you need a high voltage programmer that gives it a little 12 volt pulse to get it reset. Um, and so this board has a little boost converter and an analog switch that'll do that. And the CAN BFF, kind of what you expect, it's a cutie pie board that adds CAN bus support with the MCP25625. That's a um, SPI to CAN converter that we've used in a bunch of Featherwings and boards. It's, uh, it's like the MCP2515 with the transceiver and a chip. It's really well supported. Um, and there's a little uh, JSTPH connector for getting the CAN signals. And finally, this is a, one of the boards I designed February 20th, 2020, um, and then never got it fabricated because I just got really busy and then I couldn't get parts. This is the Itsy Bitsy ESP32. So it's got an ESP32 Pico module on the top, which is an ESP32 classic with eight megabytes of flash, uh, two megabytes of PSRAM, it's got NeoPixel, StomachUT, uh, reset and user button. And on the bottom, it's got the USB serial converter and a um, five volt uh, shifted output pins. So you can use it with NeoPixels. That's not a secret. Lots of sweet. Phew. Okay. Plenty of time for questions. We're going to roll right into that, but don't forget the code is Kaplan, 10% off. Use it. Hey, support a uh, woman-owned company because there's no good reason for us to continue to certify being a woman-owned company because you just get dunked on the internet for having women with electronics pulling them so dare you. you just become a target for unending ridicule um but uh we don't do it for them we do it for you we do it for y'all and for the discount code. so you can, <laughs> you can buy some stuff and that you know that that's helpful um i'm a little salty about that this week okay um let's do the questions you ready yes no. here we go <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, questions this week. I have these. Uh, the question is, why is there woman-only electronics on the internet? <laughs> yeah, the ban that guy and his sock puppet accounts from our various social media networks. Um, okay. I had a question for Liz during show and tell. You said uh, you might add MIDI or CV. What's CV? Uh, so CV is a very old system, but it's also used modernly for modular analog uh, synthesizers where you send one usually it's one voltage per octave so it's a constant voltage so the voltage tells it what note to play um it's an analog signal whereas midi is a digital signal okay this is a request for circuit python i would like to have circuit python to have nintendo switch controller compatibility in the uh hid realm well you know you can actually add hid devices fairly easily um take a look at the library that dan halbert wrote and maybe Try oh, this is interesting. This is kind of a uh, answer to the question that was asked. Any plans for an ESP32 itsy bitsy? And there's ESP32 itsy bitsy. That could be a great uh, WLED board. Well, so, congratulations. Is this the one they were? That's the thing. I was, yeah. I mean, it's from years ago. Yeah, we're working on it. Depressingly long time ago, but um, it's going to get yeah. done. For capacitive touch, it only registers fingers and likes. Is that one? They're saying that because it's mistyped. Yeah. It's capacitive. I thought that was a question. Capacitive. Okay. Yeah, it was into the people. Um, I could have sworn I fixed that typo before I ordered PCBs, but like, I didn't see it. Yeah, it happens once in a while. Uh, let me add this down here. Okay, so that question wasn't really a question. It was just because it was a typo. Okay. Um, to answer the question a few weeks ago, you can pop out the little clear plastic fan in the official Raspberry Pi 5 case to use the metal heat sink and fan. Okay. Thank you. Good to know. Um, is there any way to monitor the remaining value on a gift certificate? Um, email support at adafruit.com. Just off the top of my head, I don't think that you would be able to get access to someone else's once yes, you send it to them. Yes, given. Yeah. So um, there might be a couple like, well, um, not if the following, but um, if it's yours, you should be able to. Um, but email support at adafruit.com. Um, our team will help you out, who answered all those types of questions all day long. Um, the team of Adafruit creates amazing 3D prints for new boards. Have you ever considered selling a limited amount during the first few weeks of a product launch as uh, an upsell? Well, the issue with that is, you know, we put out the um, files for people to print on their own. Um, we hope people will print them out. Um, that just starts to turn into a, another business but um because people would say i want a different color or i want this type of thing and then there's a shipping cost with it um limited edition could alleviate that which is like hey you know we only have this many um we are looking into um having 3d printed cases um or more 3d printed like things for the boards that we have yeah so we're working on that we want to do it in a way where there isn't kind of unending customer grief where um they're happy about what it what they're getting and um, we always post files so that's that's the easy part the hard part is having something that we would be fine with saying here you go and more than just a limited edition maybe having available like kind of forever so um we'll see we're working on it um is there it's a busy profile named bikini or at least a yellow polka dot not yet no yeah that's a good idea uh cute little polka dot board yeah okay um uh, working on some ideas for some interesting um pcbs um question for adafruit the upcoming esp itsy bitsy is the five volt pin output only uh is the five volt pin output only yes it's output only because if you have a five volt input you would just use a resistor divider that works great it's very precise but it's very hard to shift a voltage up 
Um, so there's a there's a single pin that would give you a five volt output. Okay. Digital signal. I think I got all of it. Uh, do 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 do. Let me check the other places. I think I got all of them. We did. Okay. Good work, ladies. Yay! You speed round that, which is. But I got. There's a lot of questions. Couple today. minutes to spare, so that just means we can do. Um, well, let me close out questions. Bum, 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 bum. And of course, you can hang out in the chat. Everyone's around Adafruit.it/slash Discord. Um, that is open 24/7. We have great moderators and more. Do make yourself at home and hang out. The other chats will, of course, close down after our video stops broadcasting. Um, don't forget the code is Capling. All this free stuff could be yours. Free, free, free. And help support us, an open source hardware company in New York City. Um, don't forget, yes, <laughs> don't forget um, on Monday, it's a holiday, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, so if you order something after 11 a.m. on Friday, it will not ship till Tuesday. Um, just keep track of the shipping information on our website and more. Um, Oh, I'll uh, I'll jump in for this one. Where can I get more information for Nintendo Switch controller support? So where would they look for the HID support information? You, oh, can, you can yeah, check out the learn guides we yeah, have. Type on HID Circuit Python. Yeah, and then, you know, help in Discord, uh, help with Circuit Python Discord. They might have some tips for you. Um, there's also probably a lot of if you search for like, you know, microcontroller switch controller, your microcontroller switch yeah. interface. Uh, probably other people have done like the, like the HID interface documentation, so then you'd have to support that to CircuitPython. Yep. Okay. Uh, learn is probably your best spot because we have a lot of examples. Yeah, we do. Um, so that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, Dave, behind the scenes. Thanks to everybody who's uh, in the chat and more. We're not going on tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you throughout the week. And of course, next week this has been Native Fruit Production. Here comes your movement. <laughs> movement. Your moment of Zener. It's like misspelling for words. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>